0: Hi, and welcome back to Weekly Dev Tips. I'm your host, Steve Smith, a.k.a. R-Dallas. This is episode 56 on the importance of having a simple way to build, test, and run your application locally. This week's tip is brought to you by devbetter.com. If you need to level up your career or you're looking for a mentor or the support of some motivated, tech-savvy peers, DevBetter is a group coaching program I started last year. We meet weekly for Q&A sessions and have an ongoing private Slack channel the rest of the week. I offer advice, there's networking opportunities, we do coding exercises, work on our marketing and branding, and occasionally assignments that help members improve. If you're interested, check it out at devbetter.com. All right, so this week we're talking about having a single-step way for developers to build, test, and run applications and how you document that and share it with your team. I've worked on a lot of projects for a lot of different companies and teams. And one thing that dramatically increases the friction of becoming productive on a project is the number of manual and often undocumented steps required to take a new developer on a new machine and get them up and running the application from its source code locally. A lot of the time, the developers on the team don't even recognize this as an issue because they've all been there long enough that they've absorbed the knowledge that's been passed around through some shared oral history since the ancient times. But the new developers and especially new developers on distributed teams, they weren't there last week when someone said, oh yeah, I changed this thing, so now you have to install this other tool before you run the app on your machine. They don't just magically know the arcane command line scripts that must be run from four different nested subfolders of the application's source code just in order to get the system up and running. As soon as you have one new remote team member, it tends to expose all the implicit knowledge sharing and manual steps that have taken root in the team's processes, and hopefully, forces the team to make these steps explicit and then to automate them as much as possible. Simple projects don't require much, if any, documentation or automation. If you have an application that is so simple that any new developer can pull it down from source, use the default compilation step for the platform, like .NET Run or hitting F5 inside of Visual Studio, then you may not need any more documentation or automation than that. But when it's not that simple, you'll make everybody's life easier if you document and then automate the steps. Documentation should be first, since it just makes the steps explicit, and sometimes automation can be difficult to achieve, especially if you need to work across different operating systems. This is getting easier, though, and once you have the steps documented, you should strive to automate them to the point where common tasks are a single step. Ideally, you want to have a one-step build, test, run script that does all of these things. It builds the app, it runs tests against it, and then it runs the app. Now, there's a bunch of different scripts and tools that you can use to achieve this. I'm not going to get into those inside this podcast, but at a bare minimum, you should be able to write a script in your shell script of choice or a batch file or some PowerShell that just runs the various command line tools that you would normally have to run by hand to get the application to run. Now, before we get that far, let's talk about how to document the process a bit more. Today, GitHub has become the standard for open source software projects. And GitHub has essentially codified the standard that projects should have a readme.md file in their root that describes what the project is. Even if you're not hosting your application's code on GitHub, it's a good guess that your dev team has looked at projects on GitHub and is familiar with this convention. Every project on GitHub, even if you don't open the readme file, displays the readme at the root of each repo. Thus, purely from a discoverability standpoint, the best place to put important steps for building and running your app is in its readme file in the root of its repository. If you have a lot of repositories that all use the same steps and you don't want duplication by putting the same information in a lot of different readme files, then put a link to your shared documentation into each readme file. What about wikis? Wikis are another common place to put this information, but they're far less discoverable. They're not right there in your face when you hit the homepage of a repository. They're often listed but not used on many repositories or projects, And they're also not right there with your code when you're looking at your source in your favorite editor. If you open up a repository in Visual Studio Code, the readme file is going to be right there with all of the source code. You can edit it, you can read it right along with the code. That's not true with a wiki. You can certainly put more detailed documentation and steps and tutorials into a wiki if you like, but to make it discoverable, you should put links to it in the readme file. If you use some CMS system or project management system, the answer is going to be the same. Use the readme as the place to include links to where that relevant information is located so that new team members don't have to try and find it themselves. HTML supports hyperlinks for a reason. Probably the worst thing you can do in documenting your local build test run process is to start by putting it in the readme file, but then later decide to put it somewhere else, and then you don't update the readme. Now, this will make it so that team members will continue to use the readme file and not discover the new location, because why would they go looking for a new location? The information's still right there in the readme. It's just out of date and wrong, right? So now they're going to waste a lot of time, and they're not going to be able to get the thing working until they finally get around to asking someone on the team why their build isn't working, at which point maybe someone will point them at the wiki or or the new location. So remember, bad information is worse than no information. This is one of the reasons why code comments can be so dangerous, is because when they become out of date, they point developers in the wrong direction, which is worse than if the comment wasn't there at all. Put a link to where your process documentation is in the README if you don't actually put it in the README itself. And even better still, create some kind of a one-step build process that you can just call directly from the command line or double-clicking inside your, your folder. All right, if you have any tips on a build process that you like, leave a comment on the show or hit me up on Twitter at WeeklyDevTips. That's it for this week. If you want to hear more from me, go to ourdallas.com tips. Sign up for a free tip in your inbox every Wednesday. I'm also streaming programming topics on twitch.tv slash rdallas most Fridays at noon eastern time. Thanks for subscribing to Weekly Dev Tips, and I'll see you next week with another great developer tip.